Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. A quick note before the show begins. The audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel. They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you, the listener. I'm sorry about that. If you prefer video to go with this audio, head over to youtube.com backslash from us, F-R-U-M-E-S-S for the whole enchilada. Who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to tonight's show. <clears throat> we have to start right out of the gate with a celebration, a small celebration of a milestone. I was just informed by YouTube that this channel has officially streamed a thousand, hundred thousand watch hours. Now, here's the thing you may not realize about YouTube and how YouTube works. They, you know, views don't really matter. It's not about views anymore it used to be um 10 years ago that started to change and as of recent i'd say in the last four or five years it's all about watch hours how many people are watching so if you notice why do i stream for so long sometimes it's because of the watch hours the more people watch uh your content um or the more there is of your content, the more people watch of said content, the more uh, the, the better it is for you. So that's what it's all about. So I can have a stream where there's only, you know, 200 views or 300 views or 400 views, but I have, you know, 325 watch hours or 425 watch hours, which is, I mean, a substantial amount of watch hours for any video. You have to think the average... I mean, a minuscule, tiny YouTuber is not getting, you know, a lot of watch hour traffic. As a matter of fact, when I first started to really take this seriously about two years ago, we're coming up on the two year anniversary. Um, I was at thirty nine thousand minutes. OK, thirty nine thousand watch minutes. That was it. They weren't even counting hours. That's how low it was. And my goal was to get to one hundred thousand uh, minutes watched and and i reached that goal we we i got to a hundred thousand minutes and then that in turn became a hundred thousand hours and now the next goal is let's get to a million streamed hours so i just want to say thank you for all those who watch the shows and the content and all of this jibba jabba talking nonstop. i appreciate it um we're doing something a little out of the box tonight <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is really silly, man. Uh, we're covering a beef. Well, we've covered other beefs that really have nothing to do with anything. This is a beef between two musicians whose music I do not listen to at all. So it's an unbiased beef. I have absolutely no bias either which way. If you say, Jeff, pick one over the other, I'm going to say, ah, man, I don't think either one. I'm just not, uh, you know, I don't want to knock Slipknot. I know they have a lot of fans. I have never found Slipknot to be appealing. I don't know anything about their music. I'm not saying their music is bad. I'm just saying I don't know anything about it. Uh, I never was on the Slipknot chain. That, when that whole mall goth scene was happening and everybody was like wearing these those big baggy Jinko pants and, you know, with the straps connecting and listening to, you know, all sorts of jazz, all that 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 metal that was coming out, you know, Rob Zombie and Slipknot and blah, 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 blah. I just was not, I was just never 
that was never my bag. And again, I'm not trying to yuck on your yums. Okay. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not uh, turning my nose up at you. I'm just saying personally for me, that was never, I've never just never listened to it. I've never listened to Slipknot, never care, never cared to. I took one look at the, the, the seven guys in the orange jumpsuits and I was like, no, thanks. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until maybe the last five years that I even knew the guy's name was Corey Taylor. He's like the, the mastermind. But, you know, that logo, I'd seen every, you know, kids in my, you know, g- grew up with kids, you know, wearing all that j- junk. Just was not my thing. Just was never my thing. Someone once was like, yeah, they have a lead screamer. I was like, yeah, no thanks. No, thank you. Um, so that's just not a lot of that music has never been my taste. New metal. Just all that stuff. I, I really couldn't. Matter of fact, I watched the punk rock NBA to learn the nuances of that stuff because that's how little I know about it. Uh, and then on the flip side, so that's that's Slipknot. And then on the flip side of this beef, the, the beef is between Corey Taylor's like basically Slipknot and then, you know, Machine Gun Kelly, MGK. And this guy is a trip too. This guy essentially, and I'm using this, this term, I sound like a like a total goofball. Oh, thank you, Rue. Rue says, hell yeah, bro. Thank you for entertaining us for the past two years. Thank you for Rue's been with me since the beginning. And I, uh, I, I'm grateful for his uh, viewership and his uh, companionship digitally in these streams. It's awesome. First two Slipknot albums are fire, says Eddie M. That's it. I'll have to take your word for it, man. Never listen to it. Maybe one day I'll like throw it up on Spotify or something just to see what it is. But I just don't have any interest, man. In general, I'm not really a metal guy. I know it sounds lame, but I just, you know, I love I love Black Sabbath. I love, you know, I guess I love Led Zeppelin. I love this. I love Led Zeppelin as much as any, you know, eighth grader that first discovers Led Zeppelin, that kind of thing. Um, in general, I've always been a punk dude. I've always been a punk rock guy. And today, in my opinion, it's just all about good music, man. If a, if a song is good, if it's by Madonna and it's a good song, by the way, Madonna had some really good punk music in the late seventies. You should check out the earliest Madonna tracks when she was still drumming and singing. She was awesome. Really, really awesome. I don't even know who Spaz is, Eddie M. Eddie M's talking about a guy named Spaz. Who's Spaz? I don't know. Um, uh, Point is, you know, if it's Britney Spears toxic, like I'm down with that too. You know, I just want to put it out there. A good song is a good song is a good song to me. However, like, you know, there's not really, I've never, you know, really sat down and been like, hey, man. I just want to listen to stained, you know, or like, um, I just want to listen to, uh, you know what I mean? I just, there's so much, I guess my tastes are, um, I don't know. My tastes are really, really weird. Then at the same time, you know, I'm down to listen to some like Bauhaus, some goth Christian death, death rock, you know, my, my, the tastes are all over the board. I love ELO. I love sublime. We know this Pixies, a lot of indie bands, just all over the place, man. All over the place. Yes, I know Finn is from Punk Rock NBA. This I know. But the band wrote a song about Finn. Got it. Got it. 
And Rue says spaz is from Cali. Okay, got it, got it. So this was my very long disclaimer preamble for what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, I love reggae. I like ska. You know, I, I like it all, man. I like it all. I like Nick Cave. I like, um, you know, obviously, we, we've talked about the Beatles endlessly on this channel. I mean, I'd have to really dig into my Spotify. I have a spot. As a matter of fact, um, I have a Spotify playlist. If you ever want to know what I'm into jamming, uh, I will. I'll put it up on the YouTube community um, post as a YouTube community post. If you ever want to check out what is my ever evolving playlist, um, lately I've been listening to some Elvis Costello, Paul McCartney collaboration demos that they did that are just absolutely phenomenal. Truly, so that's been great. I've even spoke. I've even admitted to loving that Jabbers album featuring uh, Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen, the first album, it's really good. So it's all over the board. This guy, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, to me. So he's a rapper, right? He's a rapper who is, <laughs> I here's the weird thing. He like just dresses like a punk rocker, apparently. He listens to, he listens to punk rock, but he, he makes rap. He's a rapper. There is nothing wrong with that ultimately. There's nothing like if you want to dress however you want to dress, make music about whatever you're, you know, isn't, isn't there that weird meme where it's like, where it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, this is what I do. Oh no, this is what I could be doing to make money. This is what I would love to do. And this is what I actually do. And it shows like this weird, like anti Venn diagram where like, you know, you just sort of slip through the cracks, that kind of thing. And um, I, I just feel like it doesn't, you know, if you're if, if you're a guy that, you know, your 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 passion and talent is rap, but you listen to punk rock, that's fine. But there's just something that seems so manicured and like packaged about Machine Gun Kelly's look. He just doesn't seem real and genuine to me. As a matter of fact, you would imagine that like uh, there's something about like a, a punk rocker making rap that that would be kind of genuine because it's like hey i don't have to make punk rock music to look like a punk rocker but there he just does not i don't buy his i don't buy his his deal is my point i don't buy it rue says i believe spaz also wrote a song called i hate the kids <laughs> makes sense um i just don't i don't buy machine gun Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, look what DD Ramon became DD King. Although the funniest part was DD Ramon's like, yeah, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write rap songs. And then he didn't write a rap song, he ended up writing The Crusher. So to DD Ramon, a rap song is The Crusher that went wound up on the last Ramon's album, Adios Amigos. So I mean, it just goes to show, and that's also that speaks to a whole other thing of like, hey, um, we we love the Beach Boys, so we're gonna write Beach Boys songs. But we're actually the Ramones, so all of our Beach Boys songs end up sounding like Sheena is a punk rocker. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that whole angle there too. But I don't think Machine Gun Kelly fits into that. Now, to be fair, again, I have never listened to a Machine Gun Kelly rap song or song, whatever, whatever music he makes. Never listened to anything. Haven't listened. I know he switched over into like pop punk stuff that probably would have been super popular 15 years ago 
Um, but I haven't listened to that either. Although I do want to check it out. An example, one example of an interesting. Okay, so so Will Smith has Will Smith has a uh, daughter Willow, and she had that song. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. But apparently, she's now doing like like pop punk stuff. And I heard one of the songs, and I was like, this is excellent. This is someone who comes from another world of, you know, oh, I'm making a single, like an, well, I don't know what you would call whip my hair back and forth, uh, but I'm going to do this and try and fit in this certain package. And then she's like, no, I'm actually doing this. And there's some precedent for it because her mother, Jada Pickett Smith, is super big metalhead, which I did not know. So I kind of found it interesting how like she was sort of pushed into this, like, I don't know what you would call it like pop it's like pop r&b style i don't know how you would classify it with my hair back and forth um i haven't listened i just know the chorus i haven't actually listened to the song since it came out whenever i heard it on the radio so i couldn't even tell you i can't even really classify it i have to listen to it again but i just know that the chorus is i whip my hair back and forth i whip my hair back and forth um uh mr black red says he can't stand machine gun Kelly and thinks he's overrated and a complete poser. I agree, man. I mean, that's essentially what I'm saying, just doing it in a much nicer way, but we're going to, so this is the plan tonight. We're going to look over the feud and then we're going to be judge jury and executioner and lay judgment on two people. We've never met who are far more successful than us uh, uh, and we'll make more money than we will ever see in our entire lives who have fans that love and adore them and have everything they could want materialistically. I don't think they're going to be offended or hurt by, you know, a nerd on the internet, you know, criticizing them. When in fact, I'm just one head in a sea of mediocrity. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, now let's get into it. <laughs> so I actually have a complete timeline here because I, you know, how, how was I going to, how was I realistically going to follow all this without some sort of timeline? We're going to look at the timeline in detail, not overwhelming detail because I got to wake up in the morning. We get a week up in the morning. So here we go. Here is our little our little roadmap. This is a complete timeline of Machine Gun Kelly and Slipknot's feud. It all started with an indirect sound bite. Okay. So this is by Eddie Fu, Eddie Fu. And this happened. This this happened in the uh fall of last year, September 29th, 2021. It's worth also noting, and I remember this too, that that machine gun Kelly was also feuding with Eminem over some rap, you know, white boy rap stuff. And I think ultimately machine gun Kelly was, they called him a Stan and a Stan is one of these young people terms for a guy who, or a girl, a, a, a fandom, a, a very loyal sort of obsessive fandom because of the song Stan by Eminem, which is a fantastic song. Again, there you go. I don't li really listen to rap, but I love Eminem. I think Eminem's great. I'll throw on some Eminem. I'm like, I don't even know what the songs, but I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good to me. That kind of thing. Um, hold on a second. Let's pull this up real quick. We got a vibe. 
baby, that's the Willow song. Baby on the 405. I, I'm really not singing that correctly. I'm so sorry. It's like, we caught a vibe. Hey, thank you, crazy white boy. Glad to have you in the comments. As always. All right, let's 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 get into this before it gets any later than it already is. The recent feud between rapper turned pop punker Machine Gun Kelly and Slipknot singer Corey Taylor has seemingly been one of the most unlikely beefs of 2021. Then again, when taking a look at Machine Gun Kelly's career trajectory and impending album release schedule, it actually makes a lot of sense. Back in the early 2010s, NGK first came into the spotlight as an upstart rapper out of Cleveland who caught the attention of Bad Boy Records label head Sean Combs. Despite never becoming a household name, his first three albums landed in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 and were eventually certified gold. Uh, a A 2018 feud with hip hop legend Eminem gave MGK more of a mainstream presence as they traded diss tracks back and forth as part of a high-profile beef that picked back up in 2020 following a recent move into pop-punk territory with 2020's Tickets to My Downfall. Machine Gun Kelly has entered into a new feud with veteran rocker Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor. I think it's worth mentioning here, like, I've also heard on I get I guess what might be good authority that supposedly this Eminem feud was actually totally fake and it was just again that's what these guys do they feud it drums up controversy it drums up press and attention and it ultimately lifts a profile why because everybody loves drama but um yeah, so I mean, I guess what it is is this guy Machine Gun Kelly who 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 walks around, you know, peacocking as a punk rocker. That's what it is. He's peacocking as a punk rocker. So what do a lot of these punk rock types do? They they wear, you know, and again, I definitely had that phase as well. You know, it's like you spend hours and hours and hours crafting your carefully, you know, it's like a careful image that you craft to show everybody how punk you are. That's what it is. It's like, I got to, you know, have all my studs and it's part of a uniform. I see that this is what people think punk when they walk down the street. So this is what I got to look like. You know, it's like, I got to wear this and I got to wear this and I got to wear this. Now there's some things that are just heritage, like a leather jacket. That is just like Ramon's heritage. It's like, you know, like that is, you know, the fabric of our people. But, you know, when it turns into peacocking, these long, you know, the crazy mohawks and stuff, it just can get it it starts to become more about the fashion than it does about just I you, you know what I'm basically trying to say is I know so many people who are so much more punk rock than any of these peacocks that I see walking down the street and they just dress like average Joes. Look at look at the guys in black flag. You know, they're, they never, they, and that's not to say it's like there's anything wrong with, with expressing yourself with fashion. You should express yourself however you want to express yourself. Whatever, do whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting another person. And if that ultimately means really getting into the fashion side of things, that's fine. And, you know, but 
you know, putting that aside and putting the the sort of like elitist, like, hey, everybody's a poser. We're not the posers, purist, sort of like that elitist snobism, you know, snobbist sort of, you know, mentality over it all. Um, you do get these people that they they literally their connection to whatever is punk or rebellious is simply it's simply a fashion thing and and nothing more and and that's what it feels like from the outside with a guy who dresses who peacocks around like that and you know uh just sort of i don't know but he's a rapper it's just weird dude it's so weird it just feels so uh ungenuine and you know he was in the sequel to slc punk the sequel and he's just like it's like why is it's like he was cast because he just kind of looks like a punk rock kid and it just kind of i don't know it, it just felt so plastic and weird and uh, that was actually my first exposure to machine gun kelly i saw him in 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 slc punk too <clears throat> so in any case he has this new beef with Corey taylor dating back to february with a quote in which taylor called out artists who failed in one genre and decided to go rock the beef spilled onto the stage when mgk used his set at chicago's riot fest to respond the feud spread uh, onto social media next and every and even led to Machine Gun Kelly being booed at a festival performance when uh, where Slipknot was not even on the lineup. So here's the thing. Um, so so he made a quote. So Machine Gun Kelly, the whole thing is that Machine Gun Kelly, because he couldn't cut it in rap, he's now jumping over to pop punk and capitalizing on his image finally. And apparently this album he put out is actually pretty good if you're into pop punk stuff. I have not listened to it. I will listen to it. I'm going to, you know what, just because we're talking about it, I feel like I have to go listen to it now to give it an honest appraisal. Uh, from I did hear a soundbite just now when I was opening up a video for this very stream and it just sounds like you know simple planny sort of i don't know just like something like that not really my cup of tea but i'm gonna give it a listen i'm gonna honestly give it a listen at least give a track or two uh a listen so taylor you know fired out some shots saying that and then uh machine gun kelly responded with this here let's let's pull it up this is what Machine Gun Kelly said in response. Um, <clears throat> Machine Gun Kelly talking smack. Here we go. Let's see if you can see this. Uh, let's change up our view, shall we? How's about that? It's not as good, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work. There we go. Hey, you want to know what I'm really happy that I'm not doing? Being 50 years old, 50 years old, wearing a fucking weird mask on a fucking stage. Fucking shit. So anyway, what's everyone's favorite candy? Reese's Pieces? I mean, it's just so lame. Like, you know what's so stupid about this? Hey, you want to know what I'm really happy that I'm not doing? 
being 50 years old, 50 years old, wearing a fucking weird mask on a fucking stage, fucking shit. So anyway, what's everyone's favorite candy? Reese's Pieces? All right, I'll tell you why that is super friggin' lame. You know, when you diss someone, um, when you diss someone by their age, it's really lame because I don't know how old Machine Gun Kelly is. I think he's in his 30s. One day he's going to be 50 on stage with his pink guitar doing uh, his tickets to his downfall music, okay? And he's going to be in the exact same place as the Slipknot guys who are at the top of their game. You know, listen, like I said, I'm Slipknot, not my cup of tea, not, not, never been interested, could care less really, but I can't deny how popular they are and what they've done and that they've accomplished a lot. They have, I mean, they, they're, they're hardworking musicians who, who put in the time and the effort and have, you know, really sort of, you know, done, done a lot, uh, accomplished a lot. So for this dude to be making this sort of comment, 50-year-olds, like being all ageist and stupid about it, I hate ageism, dude. I just think it's so lame. There's only one time where ageism is appropriate, and it's where you hear about, like, the drummer, the former drummer of a horror punk band, like, you know, uh, uh, being 46 years old and coming on to... A, or or I should say, her, yeah, coming on to harassing, uh, trying to take um, uh, revealing photos of a 16-year-old girl while they're drunk. That is, I mean, that's pathetic. That's when ageism is okay, right? Where it's like, you know, what are you doing? You're 46. Like, you know, what are you doing like harassing a child? And why have you not like, it's a shame that the authorities never got involved. That's That's a shame truly um that sort of thing that's when it's okay to be like no you're 46 and you have no business doing that if you're 40 if you're if you're in your 50s and you're still putting on a rubber mask and playing around to a crowd there's nothing lame or about that you know being 46 and trying to take pictures of 16 year old girls i mean that's unforgivable and you know just you know disgusting and terrible and that's the type of thing you should be saying in in regards to that i would imagine um but the reason why machine gun kelly did that on the stage was because a lot of the crowd had left his concert to go see the slipknot show because they were both performing at the same time so machine gun kelly decided to make that comment in a direct response to uh to people leaving his crowd to go watch slipknot which is hilarious what we didn't know was there's a little background there there's a little history between them which is why um what uh what, what was going on then the feud spread eventually onto social media and eventually machine gun kelly was booed at like, you know, he started doing, you know, he started doing like the circuit, you know, all across the United States. You have all these different festivals, right? You have like, you have like the metal mountain fest in Tennessee or like, you know, just whatever. It's like every fest that's out there, you know, the circuit that, that all these bands 
whether they're at the height of their powers or they're kind of washed up and doing the same, you know, 10 songs that they've done for their whole career. And like I said, like I said, I'm not putting that down. If that's what puts money on the table and that's what puts money on the table. It's like some people don't evolve. Some people don't learn new tricks and some people don't I'm talking about musicians. Some musicians, they don't, they don't go outside that number one hit they had and that's it. And they do the same tired set list. And that's whatever, that's whatever, man. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm not here to to slag you or say, like, hang it up. But yeah, 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 Ace, exactly. Metal, metal mountain fest. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's like this, it's like a circuit, man. It's already kind of lame in and of itself. Like, you just have all these, uh, I don't know, you know, as Finn, what Finn would call them, butt rock bands, you know? Like they're just all on the lineup and it's just all the music is like generic. I don't know. I just think of it's like all like Nickelback or something, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And um, I listen, if that's what you're into, man, that's what you're into. But it's like Machine Gun Kelly is now. So he's hopping on that because he's got this pop punk thing going and he's getting booed at festival at these festivals full of Slipknot fans. Slipknot's not even playing, right? They're they're not even playing and and he's still getting booed. They're they're throwing they're throwing fingers at him in in the air, that sort of thing. So, I think that's kind of funny. Here's a clip. Uh, we're gonna do this without audio. Here is a clip of what I am referring to. It's just like I. It's almost I'm all, I'm I'm sort of embarrassed. It's sort of I'm embarrassed for him for them. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> look at him with his pink guitar and his pink shirt. I mean, it's just all, it's just all manufactured. He's like, okay, got to have my, you know, manufactured look. I mean, whatever, fine, whatever. I, again, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm really not here to slag anybody off for, you know, what they, what they do. I guess, ultimately, I just, but I got to call it how I see it with this in particular downfall. Hey, we got the anarchy a in the fall. It just, it's just, you know what it is? All the, the sleeves of tattoos. It just seems manufactured to me. It just seems it's, it's like it's pure peacocking, man. Um, The dude wants, he's like, I want to be Tommy Lee, but I also want to be a rapper who's also a punk rocker all at the same time. And it just doesn't work. He calls himself Machine Gun Kelly. What does that mean? He sounds like he's trying to sound like a boxer. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Um, so here you go. Here is a clip of people. You can see them giving the finger. I'm not turning on. See the fingers in the air going around like you just don't care. Everybody's throwing throwing up the birds, and Machine Gun Kelly's like, "I don't care. All right, we'll just play anyway." I mean, everybody's just not having it. They're all they're all loyal to Slipknot, I guess. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know. I don't friggin' know. All right, let's let's move on. I'm trying to keep this in. I have like a sort of organized chronological thing of tabs here we're going to go back to this one now and continue reading 
our little story. Our little story. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, Angus. Hold on one second. Let me pull this back up before we get there. Before we get there, here we go. Angus says, like the Dead Kennedys song, Anarchy for Sale. Yeah, except, you know, again, I don't want to like sit here and, and just be like, oh, poser this, poser that. Because it's like, that's kind of lame too. You know, I mean, people, like I said, if if you're, I, listen, uh, every once in a while, I like to get a little dressed up myself, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know how I would describe it, but, you know, but for the most part is I like to be comfortable. You know, I I'll, I just like to be a comfortable guy. I don't need to wear uh, a leather jacket every day. You know, I used to wear leather jackets to shows and I'd sweat, you know, I never would take the jacket off and I'd be just sweating like a pig. And one day I realized, cause I'd always go in the mosh pit. And I, one day I realized with this, you know, slam dancing, I realized I was like, you know, I'm going to leave the leather jacket in the car and I'm just going to go in in a hoodie. Cause I always overheat. I don't care if anybody doesn't see me in my leather jacket. And I went in there and just, you know, slung around in the pit and had a great show. It was a great time. Uh, we, we were, it was rowdy. Everybody was on top of each other. It was awesome. And, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't have like a pounding, throbbing dehydration headache. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't like feel like I didn't want to, I wasn't stressed about having to take off my, my leather jacket or whatever. So, you know, from that point on, I was like, you know, I could just wear a hoodie and a vest or just even just my hoodie. Or sometimes I'd strip down to a t-shirt and then run into the club. You know, if I was going to see a band, I'd run into the club in my t-shirt because once I got in there, it was about 110 degrees and I'm surrounded by people in leather jackets surrounded. And I'm just like, I, like, I know you want to like show everybody that you got your leather jacket too. I believe me, I get it. I've been there, but it's just so uncomfortable. I would rather not be worrying about cooking in my leather and just having a good time. And, um, yeah, I just, and then slowly but surely, I just stopped wearing the leather. I mean, I still have it. I, I The leather jacket used to be my second skin, but like not really anymore. I just sort of wear what's comfortable. And I, I just, I see a guy like Machine Gun Kelly or whatever, or I just see people that like they suffer for their fashion. And I just, I just don't get it. It's just not for me. It's just not my thing. I'd rather wear just a baggy pair of, of basketball shorts you know, instead of, you know, tight black jeans, trying to be on brand. Again, there's a time and place for that stuff. You know, sometimes you want to dress in the nines. The leather is still heritage, but I just, I don't need to rock it all the time. That's what I ultimately realized there. And I feel like Machine Gun Kelly uh, is just like the epitome of that in a way. And he gets shit for it. <coughs> So the timing of Machine Gun Kelly's diss is worth noting. In August, he announced Born With Horns, his follow-up to Tickets To My Downfall with Blink-182's Travis Barker. That, that's the producer. Now, here's the thing about Travis. Travis is one of these guys that jumps into, like, the hip-hop rap thing. He goes back and forth. He's just... But everything that he does feels genuine, to me it doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like um 
a peacock or a poser. It feels it, it makes sense. It, it seems truly genuine. You know, um, I don't know why. It's just uh, that's just me. That's just my the inkling I get. I would never call. I, I guess I wouldn't call Machine Gun Kelly a poser either. I I would just call him a peacock. That's what I would. That's what I call him. And and I would never call Travis Barker a poser. He just seems like a dude who just you know, he he just he loves. He seems like a really passionate music lover, and he seems he's really he's a drummer, and he's you know he's sort of transcended. He's traversed to the other side of of the of the spectrum, and got involved in all sorts of hip hop projects. And I think that's I I'm, I have no I think that's cool. Um, and it makes perfect sense if you're going to be like, who are you going to get to produce this Machine Gun Kelly guy who's a rapper trying to do pop punk? Who's the perfect guy? Travis Barker. Perfect sense. Makes perfect sense to have Travis Barker in this equation. Ace agrees that Travis is legit. So, you know, and I get it. I understand why Travis Barker is producing. Um, but you know, as this article points out, it's there's never been a better time to kick off a feud than with an album release cycle. So, of course, it's like, hey, let's 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 turn this into something bigger than maybe what it was. Maybe Machine Gun Kelly wasn't losing any sleep over whatever had happened. And was simply, you know, amping up the disc because he wanted to create some controversy, which is even lame, which is even more lame. At the, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, th- you know, when a feud I think is really awesome, if the both people are in on it, it's like, let's like, we really don't care what other people think. Let's give everybody a show and let's just be super goofy and just get, I mean, and then just get ridiculous with it and do ridiculous things. Uh, I think that's, I, I think that's fun to like, to like do a fake feud, but like legitimately feud in the fake feud because you're, just trying to push up your profile again, just feels so poserish for lack of a better word. It's a poser move, dude. Like what? Like, it's just so, it's just so stupid to help break down the feud. Consequence has re- uh, rounded up uh, a 2021 timeline of key events between machine gun Kelly and Corey Taylor. Check it out below February 19th. Corey Taylor indirectly calls out machine gun Kelly. So this all began during an appearance on Cutter's rock cast where um, Taylor uh, expressed his distaste for all new rock for the most part, which is such a lame thing to say too, man. I mean, who says that? I mean, again, I'm discovering things all the time. Uh, You know, that's one of the things, and I know musicians don't like Spotify for a lot of reasons. And there's a lot of reasons to not like Spotify has nothing to do with what's happening with, with, Joe Rogan has everything to do with, you know, artists deserving more better royalties, uh, deserving competitive royalties with what, you know, I know Apple music pays a lot more. I mean, they should be getting the same money, if not more, you know, in that kind of way. Um, But all of that aside, it's a great way to discover new music. I'm constantly discovering new music. I hate that. All new rock for the most part. What kind of like just nonsense is that? So that's kind of lame on Corey Taylor's part, if you ask me. I don't know. Um, While admitting he's become, at least he's self-aware here because he says 
he he's admitting that he's becoming the worst old fogey dude shaking his cane ever. At least he could, at least he's self-aware that, that, so there's a, again, as we, as we judge everybody <laughs> in this situation, that's, that's a little less lame when it comes to his musical taste. One particular soundbite seemed directly aimed at MGK. I hate the artists who failed in one genre and decided to go rock. And I think he knows who he is, says Taylor. So that's a direct sort of gut punch at Machine Gun Kelly. And then Machine Gun Kelly decides to make a meal out of that when this happens. And we just played the clip. Seven months later, Machine Gun Kelly paused during his Riot Fest set to mock Taylor and his band while both acts were simultaneously performing on separate stages at the festival. Y'all want to know what I'm happy that I'm not doing? MGK asked his fans, being 50-year-old, wearing a, a, a weird mask on the stage. Effing S. Robbie, hello, Robbie, is just joining. He says... Did you talk about Eminem destroying MGK so bad he had to jump from rap to pop punk? Is that why he made the transition? It was because of the thing with Eminem, because I heard that that was that was not real, that that they had sort of done that on purpose. Um, welcome to the stream, Mark. Robbie is upset, he says. What the F does that even mean, Corey? So no new music today is good. What a dumb thing to say. I agree. Ace agrees. Um, Ace says about the Eminem part, no, not the new music statement. I kind of relate to that too. Ha ha. Well, yeah, you that Ace, that's exactly what it is. It's old man shakes fist at cloud. There's tons of stuff out there. You just gotta, just gotta find it. You just gotta find it. it it's out there. I, I discovered discovering great new music all the time it's wonderful it, it really is it's never been a better time to discover new music just go to Bandcamp. there's so many bands on Bandcamp out there just putting stuff out constantly i'm constantly blown away by the stuff i i find you know you just problem is you gotta look that's why spotify they like oh you like this and this and this we'll check out this it's like they tailor their algorithm to you and make it a very wonderful consumer experience Again, not so great for the musicians, but a wonderful consumer experience, which is why people use Spotify to the extent that they do. And uh, it's 42 minutes in, which means we need to talk about stickers, but we're going to do a little reverse. We're going to do a little reverse. Normally, we talk about the stickers first, but instead, what I'm going to do real quick.
Do you know, what do you guys know about Riotstickers.com? Well, you know that I talk about Riot Stickers constantly on this channel because we are partnered up and powered by Riotstickers.com. That's right, the place to go for all your stickering needs. You can get a great deal. Right now, we're doing a special promotion with Riotstickers.com using the promo code FROMIS. If you click down and the link in the description, you can get access to a special promo where you can get three inch by three inch riot stickers. You can put whatever image you want on them. It's nine square inches of real estate space. That's riotstickers.com. Check out what they just printed out for me. Look at these bad boys. See that? Look at these vinyl from a stickers. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Love the way the new design came out. Uh, just a really nice sort of way um that that uh that that sharpie does his printing process so like i said descriptions down below this is you're going to get about this much real estate with your riot sticker that's what it's going to look like roughly something like that that's a nice that is a nice size uh space for your real estate for your sticker real estate and you can put the stickers anywhere any which way for any old thing um use the promo code you're gonna get those stickers 50 stickers for 29.50 instead of 59 dollars. that's a that's a 50 percent off value man it doesn't get better than that from us not going to find a better deal you're not going to find better stickers that stick everywhere just glossy glossy vinyl real nice stuff riotstickers.com and back to our uh programming here we're talking about machine gun kelly and Corey Taylor, who have way better um, sort of uh, uh, operations than than we have here. We're, we're, we're like ants. We're like ants shouting up at them and, uh, you know, with their their big giant empires as we sort of make fun of them and whatnot. Ace, Ace says, uh, I imagine at that level, you can get pretty jaded with music. I know Corey and he's a great guy. Also super supportive of new acts but I do get the being kind of turned off by an overabundance of new acts. Well, I will ace. I will say this um, bands used to be a dime a dozen and today they are a penny a dozen. And there's so much out there that you do have to wade through. And that's why if you have something that's like if, when you want, if you have a good algorithm, then, you know, you can find music that might, you know, be pleasant to your ears a lot quicker. Um, all that all about that ai artificial intelligence okay um where were we september 20th uh, machine gun kelly calls Corey taylor uh bitter over a shelved collaboration so then the collaboration thing comes out naturally the feud spilled over to social media in a tweet machine gun kelly speculated that taylor was bitter about a shelved collaboration. Corey did a verse for a song on tickets to my downfall album, and it was effing terrible. So I didn't use it, Um, which I have to say straight up. And I know that we've sort of let slipped tongue here on this channel from time to time in a much smaller kind of way. But like, I feel like in general, like, like what, what is the point of airing this stuff? Why? What purpose does it serve? You just look like a fool. Machine Gun Kelly makes himself look like a fool when he says something like this. Corey did a verse for a song. 
Corey did a verse for a song on Tickets to My Downfall album. It was effing terrible, so I didn't use it, uh, Machine Gun Kelly explained. He got mad about it and talked smack to a magazine about the same album he was almost on. Y'all's stories are just off. Just admit he's bitter. And his Twitter handle is Blonde Don. How about that? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> September 20th, Corey Taylor pulls uh, the receipts. And for all you young whippersnappers out there, a receipt is like a screenshot um, of some kind that shows proof. And that's why they call it a receipt. That, that's for all of us who are out of touch with the youth of today. Um, just one hour later, Taylor told his side of the story with screenshots of email exchanges with Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall collaborator, Blink-182 drummer Travis Barker. So so now Travis Barker is also getting pulled into this. Poor Travis. It's just like, I was just trying to make this thing happen. Cause I guess the commonality between the two of them is, you know, Corey is friends with Travis and Travis is friends with machine gun Kelly. Who's he's producing the album. Um, and I have to say straight up. I, I don't blame Corey Taylor's response to this for, for one bit. If someone calls you out or airs private laundry, then, you know, they are opening themselves up for any for any sort of backlash and so Corey taylor strikes back and he strikes back in a totally justified way he says i don't like people airing out private crap like a child uh, taylor wrote on twitter so this is all i'll say i didn't do the track because i don't like when people try to write for me i said no to them so without further ado receipts this is all i'm going to say about it so now the first screenshot features an email from barker in which he relays praise from mgk saying uh that taylor effing killed it followed by several notes for the slipknot singer's contribution taylor also also shared his response in which he explains why he's not the right guy for the track he wrote nothing personal. I just think if this is what MGK is looking for, someone else is the guy to do it. It's all good. I'm stoked for him. I hope he finds the right uh, right fit for it. So you ask someone to sing on your track. Why are you asking someone to sing on your track? You're asking because they're they're talented. Corey Taylor's a talented guy. He's a songwriter, whatever. Hey, I want you, Corey, I want you to do a feature on my track because you are you know, a, a musician of note who, who does good stuff. And that's why I want you on the track. When you return with, you know, like feedback, the way Corey describes, it makes it sound like, okay, I want your name on my album, but I want you to do it my way. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to feature someone, you know, and you have to trust them, right? Don't you have to trust them? I'm not a musician here. But I'd imagine like you're, you know, maybe it's like, hey, what do you want? Well, I want something like this, something like this. And then you just let them do it. You let them do the thing. You have to. That's what collaboration is, you know, and it sounds in this situation like Corey Taylor's like, I'm not really interested in being micromanaged on a feature for something that I don't really believe in. And I don't really want to have my, you know, um, name associated with something where I'm being micromanaged. It's you know what I I, I, I here is the, the, the parallel. <clears throat> 
if somebody shoots footage and then gives it to me to edit or somebody uh, takes my footage that I've shot and wants to edit it themselves, it really bums me out. It's something I'm really not interested in doing. And it's not because I'm an awesome editor or an awesome shooter. It's because if I turn this over to you or you turn something over to me and I didn't have full control over overseeing things, at least, you know, if I was working with a DP, a director of photography, and I could at least look at the image and go, that looks great. Shoot that. And then I would edit the image. I would at least know that I was part of that process. If you turn over footage to me and it's just not workable, and then I'm in a situation where I've got to somehow make it look good, it falls back on me and reflects on my abilities and on me. And it's the and it's the same thing in the reverse. If you know, um, if I shoot footage a certain way and then you edit the footage horribly, then it's going to make my footage look bad, you know? And in that way, that's my personal sort of like take on it in that way. I totally understand why Corey Taylor would be like, I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, from that perspective, I, I, I totally get it. Let's, let's look at what the receipts say, shall we? I think I'm gonna have to open this up in a new, on a new page, maybe. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <clears throat> it is what it is, and that's all that it is. Uh, let hold on. G- give me a moment. Give me a moment. I gotta stop the sharing here. We gotta re. We gotta open up a new screen. Um. Here we go. All right. So this is Twitter. Oh, and then he responded down below, too. Look at that. All right, let's start up here. I don't like people. I don't like people airing private crap like a child. So this is all I'll say. I didn't do the track because I don't like when people try to write for me. I said no to them. So without further ado, receipts. That's all I'm going to say about it. And then here are the receipts. Is this going to pop open for us? Or are we going to have problems? Oh, there we go. All right. MGK can't look back 6.2 MP3. Yo, Corey, we love it. This is from Travis Barker. Ready? Yo, Corey, we love it. Peep, peep these notes from Kells. It's super effing close. So Kells, I guess, is Machine Gun Kelly, but but Travis Barker lovingly calls him Kells. How sweet. Yo, Trav got super inspired again after listening to Corey's vocal on Can't Look Back. And added some guitars over his part, so it kicks you. So it kicks you in the face right when his voice comes in. One, can you tell him he effing killed it? And I'm stoked and honored that he's even on it. What the f? And two, I've been watching the news lately about the war and the state of everything, and it made me look at the song in a different way, like soldiers needing a song to stay alive to. What? Um, that's, that's thinking a lot of your, of yourself in your writing, a song to fight to keep them going. I added a bridge that makes the last chorus pretty powerful. I think you and him will dig it. Three, I sent Corey an idea for the second half of his verse, and he can obviously say F it, but it would be sick to see if it inspired anything or if he could try it like that. 
Four, I laid a demo screamish type track under his first part of the verse. That would be dope to hear in his psych, uh, psychosocial voice. I don't know what that means. Psychosocial voice. And then five, yeah, tell him he rocks. Okay. So I have to say that, like, MGK's, like, what he wants, his requests are not, like, entirely unreasonable here. Like I said, we are judge, jury, and executioner on this stream. Uh, we may just be nerds on the internet, but we are uh, just, you know, sort of adding... <laughs> We're, we're, we're condemning like all, like all people do on the internet. We're condemning famous people, famous musician people and what they, uh, when they make art. So I have to say, like, in terms of like the request, they don't seem super unreasonable. Like it, the only thing that really is cringe is Machine Gun Kelly saying that he thinks his song is going to like mean something to soldiers laying their life on the line or whatever. Like that's, that's really, I don't know, man, that's kind of weird. And I could see how that could scare Corey off. So I, I do, I will say it's, it's not like he was like saying, it's not like he was super, um, <clears throat> although maybe, maybe he's, he had to say this to uh, Travis Barker to be like political about it. I don't know. Oh, oh, I see. Ace, thank you, Ace. Ace, I don't know if you were with us at the beginning of the stream, but I I admitted that I have never actually listened to any Slipknot, so I don't know anything about the music. So Psychosocial is a Slipknot song. Maybe that's the song I'm going to listen to. I'm going to I'm going to check out some Slipknot after this stream. And maybe that's a good song to to check out. <coughs> My throat is so dry and <coughs> It's really hard to talk. So, so I mean, it's not like super un, unreasonable here. <clears throat> okay. And then here is the other part. This is from court. This is Corey's response. <clears throat> Two track. I can't talk. <clears throat> okay. My voice is going. This is terrible. Okay, it's a good one. All right, Ace, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check out, see what Slipknot's all about. So, Corey Taylor responds to Travis Barkas. He says, hey, man, sorry I missed your call last night, by the way. I'm on dad hours. Ha, ha, ha. <clears throat> so, I listened to the ideas, and to be honest, I don't think I'm the right guy for the track. Nothing personal. I just think if this is what MGK is looking for, someone else is the guy to do it. It's all good. And I'm stoked for him. I hope you guys find the right fit for it. Hope you understand. And I wish you guys the best with it. If I can help in any way, let me know all the best CT. Again, that seems super professional to me. I know I sound like I'm just taking everybody's side. I'm not. I'm literally trying to assess piece by piece what is reasonable and what's unreasonable there while while you know with machine gun kelly and what he was saying uh you know about like you know wanting to like have like a soldier like doing like a soldier song in in this response from Corey taylor seems completely on the up and up that totally makes sense to me like there's nothing he clearly doesn't want to do any of that stuff 
He's clearly not stoked about the track and he's pulling out in a, in a, in a professional way and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm not interested. Find someone else. Um, I don't think, I, I, I don't think like, you know, to, to be offended. Well, I don't know. Here's what, then here's what machine gun Kelly responded right underneath, underneath there. He writes, basically, <clears throat> basically your verse was really bad. Respectfully. I was just telling you to rewrite it because it was really bad. Respectfully, frowny face. But let's do a Britney Spears cover song together, Metal Horns. Um, <clears throat> that sounds to me like, you know, you're saying that publicly on Twitter. You're just trying to save face because uh, you seemed really, really stoked when you were talking to Travis Barker. Again, you could have just been being political in like, oh, this is Corey Taylor I'm dealing with. I don't want to, you know, offend or upset anybody. Um, but, you know, this just I don't know. This is just some real sort of like girls in the locker room, like catty back and forth. Check out Duality. And before I forget, I will. I will. Ace, thank you for the recommendations. So those are the receipts, okay? And now let's go back to our narrative. I think we're almost through here, right? We're almost at the end. The end is the best part. The end is the best part, actually. So <clears throat> here we go. Oh, we already got that part where he, where he says, where he said the thing about um, you, you're acting like uh, 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 it wasn't very good. So he's basically back backtracking everything that he said to Travis Barker publicly, um, trying to trying to sort of make himself look good. And it's funny how it's funny how uh, it seems. So that got twenty eight point eight thousand or twenty eight, almost twenty nine thousand hearts on Twitter. Uh, Corey Corey Taylor's. And then the response, Machine Gun Kelly's response only got 2.6. So I guess I don't know. I don't know what you call that, but it sounds like uh, the court of public opinion sort of uh, sided with uh, who they thought was valid in the situation. September 25th, Machine Gun Kelly fights fan gets heckled during louder than life performance. So he fights a fan during his headline. OK. Um, during. His headlining set at Louisville's Louder Than Life. Perfect example. Um, Ace, like what you were what you were talking about. Is that what that's called? That's called that's what ratioed is. So that's that's it's basically the people, the people have spoken. Ratioed is when is when somebody likes your thing more than the other person's thing. And it doesn't matter how smart or witty you are whatever whoever you know whoever friggin gets gets the more likes boom that's it that, that you're you're ratioed so that's what ratioed is okay i hear that term all the time on youtube thank you ace thank you daddy kane so no but ace what you were saying about when we were talking about the mountain metal festival this is the perfect louder than life festival. It's the louder than life festival, and it's gonna have all your favorite acts, you know, like from the aughts or something. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, that's really funny. So he's playing the headlining set at the Louisville Louder Than Life Festival. Machine Gun Kelly received mixed reactions from the crowd, 
While Slipknot didn't share the bill with him this time around, many of the bands shared fans with the masked metal act. Accordingly, a number of fa- we saw the video of this the festival goers booed him with some even flipping him the bird. At one point, Machine Gun Kelly got into a physical altercation with a fan while performing in the photo pit. A couple of fans jumped the barricade to charge at Machine Gun Kelly, who responded by throwing a punch at one of them when security came in to break up the melee. There you go. That is <laughs> Monsters on the Mountain Fest, sponsored by Mar- sponsored by Monster Energy. Yeah, we got our we got our uh, I don't know what's what's something that the. We got our leather bracelets on and our uh, our, our our bandanas and blah, 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 that kind of thing. That's too funny. Monsters on the Mountain Fest. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Machine Gun Kelly got into a fight with these guys. Check out the fan shot. Oh, oh, there's footage. We have to see the footage. All right, so here's a photo. Of, of of him getting into a thing. In response to the ensuing headlines, Machine Gun Kelly tweeted, I don't know why the media lies in their narrative against me all the time, but, I, but all I saw was 20,000 amazing fans at the festival singing every word and 20 angry ones. We saw the, I saw the Twitter video before we did. We were watching it. There was a lot more people than 20 people upset. Let's see the fan shot footage real quick. That is so funny. Oh, that's your scene. <laughs> well, we 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 won't yuck on your yums. Um, JD says MGK sucks. There you go. Uh, hold on. Let's take a look at this fan machine gun Kelly punches. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, wow. Look at this. Look at this. Wait, guys. Hold on one second. I'm pulling it up right now. We're almost through this stream. Uh, come on. Come on. There it is. All right. Ready? I hope this isn't choppy. Here, let me stop sharing the other tab so we don't. Yeah, we're not using that much. Ram, ram a jam. Here we go. Ready? This is only 18 seconds. Hold on. I can't see anything. Ah, stupid. Here we go. Machine gun, Pelly, machine gun Kelly punches guy who shoved him in the face at louder, louder than life. All right. Ready? Oh man, this is really choppy. Don't you hate it when this happens? That is what ratio. So he got shoved. I can't really see anything. Machine Gun Kelly's wearing Beetlejuice pants. Oh, no. You know what I just realized? There's music in that. That's annoying. In any case, there you go. There it is. <clears throat> and then all right let's let's finish this up 
with this thing over here. The Mountain Fest, sponsored by Monster. Mountains of Metal. Um, in response to the yeah, we already saw that. Blah 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 blah. blah. So September twenty seventh happens now. Uh, Trivium. That's another band. Uh, never listened to them. Don't know anything about them. Trivium's Matt Heffy Heffy chimes in, calls Machine Gun Kelly a pop punk cosplayer. Ouch. Ouch. So now he's getting ratioed by other musicians. <coughs> Trivium singer guitarist Matt Heffy took Machine Gun Kelly's onstage quote about Slipknot to the next level in a series of tweets. In addition to dubbing Machine Gun Kelly as Squirt <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly as Squirt Gun Smelly. I love that. Let's call him Squirt Squirt Gun Smelly from now on. Hefe pointed out that he is 31 years old wearing a effing 16-year-old pop punk cosplay identity on an effing stage. Ouch! Oh, my God, that is brutal, brutal. Oh, my God. 31 years old, wearing an effing 16-year-old pop punk cosplay identity. Um, <clears throat> in a follow-up reply, Heafy made it clear that he was referring to the beef between Machine Gun Kelly and Taylor. I never thought about him till he took a shot at Slipknot. Who are a band who's paved a way for bands like mine? Heafy explained. Let me take that quote again. I never thought about him till he took a shot at Slipknot. Who are a band who's paved the way for bands like mine? So, by the way, Machine Gun Kelly is 31 years old. So he's 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 uh, making fun of 50 year old guys in mat rubber masks, but he's 31 years old cosplaying as a 16 year old pop punk kid. Thousands of bands like mine squirt gun is a clout chaser. And even though it's all a PR stunt, uh, a shot at slip slipknot needs addressing. Ouch. Ouch. That is brutal. Brutal. Um, Monster energy. Was my sponsor for years. True story. Great paycheck. Never drank the stuff, though. I used to drink Monster all the time when I was younger. I I loved it uh, thoroughly. And then it started to give me heart palpitations. And I had to stop, sadly. Um, have not had Monster in many, 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 many years. Um, it, too, it was too much sugar. It was just too much sugar in, in that stuff. But, like... You know, I want to say, I don't know, when was Mon when did Monster first come out? Maybe like 2003 or something. That was like the drink. That was the drink. It was like there was Red Bull and then Monster came along. It was like Monster. And then Monster started to like adapt. I don't know. They're, 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 they, they started to uh, adapt a, um, uh, there started to be a connotation with Monster, but I just had to stop because I might, you know, you it's so easy so easy to slam that stuff. It just, it, <laughs> and then one day you're just like, what am I doing? I have to stop. This has to stop. They're a great company sponsor, a ton of fests, artists and athletes, but yeah, it's not good for you. 
Yeah, you 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 would imagine uh, there are a lot there are a lot of a lot of festivals that would not have happened without Monster Energy. Um, I don't know. You know what is actually another really cool kind of company is um, uh, Liquid Liquid Death Mountain Water, and I almost shot. I was supposed to shoot a commercial for them for with the band Wolfface, uh, who was sponsoring them. And I was all set. Uh, they 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 uh, they paid for my flight down to Florida. We were going to shoot this this commercial spot, and then COVID happened, and uh, weren't able to do it. Really, really bummed me out. Was really looking forward to uh, to that situation. Uh, I think they're doing sparkling water now, which is really cool too. Um. So yeah, what's what's up, Amy? How are you? <laughs> yeah, I, JD, total friggin' burn, dude. This guy is, I've never listened to Trivium either. Now I feel like I got to check out Trivium because, like, that dude burned the crap out of Machine Gun Kelly. Squirt Gun Smelly. Ugh. I have nothing against him, and he seems like he's a really he's really good at being Machine Gun Kelly. But as I was walking away from his set at Riot Fest to catch her Slipknot, he and his band launched into a cover of Paramore's Misery Business that was so mediocre, I'm still thinking about it. I never thought about him until he took, wow, wow. And that's where he says that. Oof, that is brutal. And I guess that's it. That's the bottom. That was the bottom line. Um, so, yeah, friggin' hats off to Trivium. I, I've never listened to them in my life either. Like I said, I, you know, I guess you would call it, it's almost like ignorance. I've just been, it's not, it's not that I think any of this music is bad per se. I've just, I have never listened to it. I, I just, you know what it was? I worked in a, I, you know, I used to work in like Sam Goody and FYE and all these stores. And I just, I, I was just surrounded. I was always surrounded by this music and, you know, worked in a mall and you know hot topic and all this stuff it just was not my bag just never my thing and um i, I don't know I, I i don't know i just it never you know what it was i just it never appealed to me I, I just never found it appealing i didn't find it appealing growing up and i didn't find it appealing when i worked in the mall that's what it is i guess ultimately um <laughs> elbow cough i think blasco who played for Danzig on one live show is a co-owner of Liquid Death. You know, I really want to have Blasco on this show like very, very much. And he is good friends with Jerry Montano, who was on this show. And I would I, I would like to talk to Blasco. I feel like Blasco is an awesome dude. And that's awesome if he owns Liquid Death, who just more and more do really they do really cool stuff like they came out with a horror movie. That is really cool. You would imagine that monster with a brand name like Monster Energy Drink that they would have come out with a monster movie. Like it's like take up like by the time you get to the fourth quarter and you have all those extra if you have extra advertising dollars, because that's what they do. They if they, they want to use up, they have to justify using up their advertising budget so that they can approve an advertising budget of the same price or higher for next year. So you don't want to like have a surplus of money when you're doing marketing. If you're any big brand or company, uh, you would imagine that any four qu fourth quarter dollars coming from Monster would get like invested in some really like sort of gonzo batshit 
sort of promotion with a name like monster. Like he could have made a movie. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, we got like a hundred thousand dollars left. Like, let's make like a low budget movie. And that's what liquid, liquid uh, mountain water did. I thought that was liquid death water did. I thought that was really cool. Um, even more cool. If, if that is owned by Blasco from um, uh, whatever, he's in like a million bands. Um, Blasco probably has some stories. He's friends with Jeff Chambers too. Yeah, right. Jeff was also in Danzig. JD needs a bong hit. Um, so then the last part of this is Corey Taylor recently, which is what made me even do this in the first place. Cause I saw this and I thought, Oh, that would be interesting. Let's, you know, this is again, this is the first time that I've really tackled like a music thing where I don't have some sort of working knowledge of the bands like i don't have any working knowledge of slipknot i have no working knowledge of machine gun kelly i I went into this basically blind except for this guide here you know what i'm saying um let me see here i'm gonna stop sharing this here's the last part ready this is the last part right here okay hold on one second i'm gonna share this Okay, so this is Corey Taylor at a Q&A. He was doing, you know, speaking of horror movies, I think Corey Taylor, he is really involved with all that stuff too. So this is from a Q&A with Corey here, and he's talking to some fans about some stuff. And we're going to hear, oh, you know what the problem is though? Hold on, let's try this one more time. I have to stop talking because my voice is going to die. So this will be it. This will be this will be the final thing. This is what, as I said, this is what uh, motivated this entire stream in the first place. I saw this and I thought this was interesting, so I wanted to to learn more. Here is Corey Taylor basically go, getting up on a stage and telling everybody what had happened. I'm just going to let the clip play. One more. I actually answered this question at a convention about a month and a half ago. So I will tell you right now. Um, for those of you that don't know, MGK doesn't like me very much. MGK's going country! And let me, let me follow that up with by saying, I don't care. Right. Oh, so it was. And I didn't hear back. Fast forward, I thought I was done. Fast forward about eight months, and Machine Gun Kelly 
is doing this weird Instagram live interview with Ali from Spotify. And he goes off on this fucking rant about rock stars' uncomfortable shoes. Right. It sounds as smart as you think it is. Respect. I respect that. When I had my opportunity to say something, I did. I didn't call them out. I just, you know, said what I said about people, you know, failing in one genre, sliding over to another. And but because you're that, that upset him. And then he didn't say anything until weirdly. You know, we're in Chicago on, you know, on the same, you know, show. And we're playing, we're playing basically at the same time. He wasn't happy that there were a lot of people at our show. And I, I yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but he, to this day, maintains that I started it. And it's like, the only reason I said what I said is because he said what he said. You don't get to walk into a genre <clears throat> with the history, with the work. And the fact that this genre really doesn't get the fucking respect that it deserves. You don't get to walk in as some weird substitute teacher and pretend like you can tell us what to wear. Boots, shoes, house fucking shoes, slippers. How about you suck every inch of my dick? <laughs> you don't get to do that. And these are bands that maybe I don't even fucking know, but guess what? I fucking respect them because they get on fucking stage and they fucking give every fucking thing they've got. Mic drop. <laughs> And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, that's my show. Thank you so fucking much. Nice. That was awesome. Okay. So I, I, I have to give this. I, I award. Okay. Um, instead of Judge Judy, instead of Judge Judy, I'm Judge Jeffrey. And I have to award full uh, damages to um, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor wins. Corey Taylor wins this feud, this beef. We, I take, we take the side of Corey Taylor. Um, everything he just said just drove drove everything home about that. And I saw Ballad had some some opinions. We'll read that in a second, and then we'll we'll get out of there. Um, we'll get out of here. But like. Like he just, he summed that up so perfectly and it's true. He like, he didn't really, he didn't really uh, 
reveal his cards until Machine Gun Kelly said something publicly, like about like, oh, we rejected him, which wasn't even true, which wasn't even true. And then Corey Taylor showed him what's up. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. All right, let's, hold on, I'm going back up here. By the way, yeah, so Dagger Love, I saw you post. Mr. Jim from the Misfits will be on next Tuesday. In case you are not aware, if you missed it, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Have your notifications turned on. It's going to be live. We're going to be talking about his collaboration with Robbie. They did, an, they did an album or a song or a single together. Cheers for Fears. And then we're going to most probably just dive into Static Age stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've known Mr. Jim for many years, almost 12 years I've known Jim. Haven't seen him in a very long time. Very much looking forward to catching him. I did speak to him. I was with him and, and Franche Coma and some people outside, and, and Robbie called Mr. Jim on the phone. So it was me. Uh, Franche Coma, Mr. Jim, and Robbie and uh, Joan, we were all just kind of chatting around. That was that was cool. That was fun. But besides that, I hadn't spoken to him in many years. So it was really cool to get on the phone with him, uh, apart from like, you know, Facebook Messenger sort of stuff. So we're going to have him on the show. It's going to be really, really, really great. Ballad says Machine Gun Kelly is a disrespectful poser. That's it. His music has no depth. He switched from rap to pop punk because Eminem flamed his butt. So I get, man, we should have started this with the Eminem thing. I really, I, I don't know the exact details. I just know that he kind of, he kind of challenged Eminem and Eminem has cornered the market on not just being like one of the great rappers of all time, but also the great white rapper, right? So here's Machine Gun Kelly, you know, being a punk in both trying to be a punk and actually being a punk. In two completely different ways. I saw Slipknot. The uh, ballad says, I saw Slipknot this past October, the most energetic and interactive band I've ever seen live. Corey was an absolute astute gentleman. I really got it. You know, now I got to check out some Slipknot. As I said, a ballad you weren't here for. It. I was set talking about it. I've never listened to Slipknot ever. They aren't my favorite band, but I respect the hell out of them. Uh, Ace my, says, my man, ha, 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 respect. CMFT rules. Corey Taylor, such an incredibly awesome dude. Amy, much respect. Um, what's up, Amy? I saw you on the Dr. Woof. Who's Dr. Woofala stream the other night? Um, Slipknot rules. <clears throat> oh, he's a guy who does Texas Chainsaw Massacre content. That's cool. I got to check that out. The new one's coming out on uh, Netflix, but I've heard, I don't know, I've heard mixed things. Most people who aren't 12-year-olds who think that SoundCloud pop punk trap is the same category as bands that have paid their dues. Uh, take the side of Corey Taylor, right? Wow. Ballad ballads just got ballads, just dropping bombs. I'm loving it. Um, yeah. You're deep into horror music channel. You're deep into the same horror music. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Machine gun. Kelly made comments about Eminem's daughter's, um, I don't know if I could say that word on YouTube without the out. Well, it's probably messed up anyway. He said some distasteful things about Eminem's underage daughter. So Eminem dissed him. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I, I think I think in this case we could just rule him as a poster. Um, so we have actually uh, passed judgment on this feud. Corey Taylor takes it. That's it. Be all end all. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's stream 
I'm going to go watch the new Star Wars episode of the Boba Fett show, which was spoiled for me a little bit. Very upset. I saw somebody posted a stupid friggin' picture, and I wish I hadn't seen it. <clears throat> now, how do they get to that stupid picture? I don't know. We're going to find out. But somebody posted it nonetheless, which upset me greatly. Uh, I put the finishing touches on the latest episode of the Lodi Files for my YouTube Patreons, as I was talking about. Um, check out Return of Living Dead novelization. We've been reading it. It's on the first episode is dropping um, in on Thursday. On Thursday, that's happening. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's going to happen tomorrow. Um, what else can I tell you? Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, Ballad, I want to just be surprised at every turn. That's why I, for the most part, most of the streams on this channel, I always put spoilers in the title because I don't want anybody, and I always say spoilers before we start talking about it. Every once in a while, we let something slip here on the channel. But, you know, I mean, it's just just part of the, uh, part, part of the, it comes with the territory, comes with the territory of that kind of thing. Machine Gun Kelly is a piece of doo-doo. I really hope he effing goes no i mean he's not going nowhere he's he, he he's he has g found success in the pop punk world or whatever with teeny boppers fine whatever what what upsets me is that he's making critical comments about someone who's 50 years old when he's one day god willing will be 50 years old like what is the point of that that's so stupid to me you know um same respect Thanks for the oh, thank you, thank you, Ace, for for coming in and and uh, 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 breaking down what ratioed means and all sorts of junk. Much appreciated. We love having you in the in the stream in the chat. When's the second part for Teenagers from Mars? Well, I, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret since you're here at the end of the stream with me. I will tell you two really awesome things. I have the second part of 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 the Teenagers from Mars book. I am hoping to have um, someone as my guest specifically who is more um, who is more of an expert on that era of the band who might be able to provide additional insight to some of the photos we would be looking at. So I'm waiting to see if I can get them uh, lined up for that show before we do it. Believe me, you'll hear about it when we when we do it. I'm very excited and I have a better, even better news. I have recently procured a copy of On Earth as it is in hell. And now I can find we're going to do a show on the Misfits on Earth as it is in hell series. I've never read the book. I am super excited. I'm going to basically be reading it live on the air. We are going to be deep diving and learning so much about Misfits vinyl stuff that I've never known uh, uh, apparently some stuff that's like, uh, uh, re relevatory. Is that, the, is that a word? No, uh, revelations, whatever that form of that word is a revelation, a revelation. It will be revelationist. <laughs> is that right? It will be relevatory. I feel like that's the right way to say that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so that is going to be super fun. Yeah, dude, totally agree. You don't talk about another man's daughter. That's something you don't do. You just don't talk about other people's children, period. I say that as a as a as a papa bear. You don't. You don't. I'll tell you, you know what happened? Well, you know, I'm not gonna get into it. I I someone once said something about my child, and I uh, oh my god, I just it was like it was like a switch flipped on inside of me, you know, like you just 
uh, you just don't say, just don't talk about people's kids. Period. There's no reason to talk about people's kids unless you're unless you're you're praising them or or lifting them up or elevating them in some way. You just don't talk about people's kids. It's just like it's just not has nothing to do with nothing. It's common sense, rights and wrong to expect. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Stupid. Love the book series. I'm ex- so excited to read it. I don't even hate pop punk, says Bowd. There's many bands within that subgenre that I respect uh, that play their hearts out. Green Day. I like Green Day. Listen, I like pop punk. I like that first Blink-182 album is, is fun. I love the Descendants kind of invented pop punk. I love the Descendants. I know that like 90s skater punk kind of merges with pop punk in a way. There's a lot of that stuff that is great for sure. But MGK is not yet. Yeah, he is. That's exactly what it is. He's cashing in on a trend and it's blatant. It's a line you don't cross. You don't mention people's kids and you don't talk about their mama. Yeah, you definitely don't talk about people's mamas or their parents. I agree. I agree. All right, guys, I'm going to literally stay here forever if I don't leave. Um, Green Day's Insomniac. You need to. Of course, I've. I dude, I've definitely listened to Insomniac. As a matter of fact, is that the one? Is that the one with the Grouch on it and Platypus? I hate you. That's Insomniac, right? That has. What is? Wait, Insomniac is. Hold on a second. Um, Google Insomniac Green Day. Uh, I believe that's the right one. It's the fourth studio album. Hold on, now I gotta check. No, no, that's the one. No, I'm not familiar with that one. I'm thinking of Nimrod. Nimrod is the one I'm thinking of. Yes, Nimrod has the Grouch. All right, so one of the best—I don't know what you would call it—one uh, of the best pop punk songs ever written, if you want to even call it that. There's just '90s pop. 90s pop songs listen to platypus i hate you on nimrod by green day that is a phenomenal track phenomenal you know what's interesting too about green day um and dookie and nirvana you know nirvana ends for the reasons that it ends and then immediately in the same year friggin dookie explodes dookie becomes the second wave of an alternative subgenre to break out from the underground underground. I say that with quotes that like the, I guess it was kind of underground, the, the Berkeley scene, whatever the, you know, the, the West coast punk scene or whatever you want to call it. And just completely explode into the mainstream in the same way that Nirvana did. However, you never hear about Dookie or green day, um, getting the same kind of accolades for changing music the way that Nirvana does. People, people categorize Nirvana as being literally the first band to bust open or, or to take a, a subculture's music or this alternative music and bringing it into the mainstream in a way that had never been done before. So it's like if Nirvana, Nirvana opened the door and Green Day walked right through it with, with, with Dookie. You know what I mean? And the offspring followed afterwards. And then all those bands, all of those bands had a turn. All those bands were eaten well in the late 90s. They all have Nirvana and Dookie to thank for it to an extent. All the epitaph, epitaph, epitaph bands, right? All the pop punk, uh, uh, punkorama is what I meant to say. Love punkorama. 
favorite no effects uh man are you talking about song or are you talking about um album i for album i couldn't tell you maybe pump up the volume my favorite no effects song might be eat the meek off of so long and thanks for all the shoes if you have not listened to it it's really great it's kind of like a like a reggae it's got like a reggae sort of uh beat ska thing going on i don't know what you would call it maybe it's more ska than reggae it's super slow um with some trumpets and it's just a really 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 great song it's yeah it's like more like a reggae song i don't know what you would call it i don't know how you would categorize that song uh check out eat the meek really really great no effects song and also um pump up the volume on pump up the volume is a great friggin song uh from the year 2000 maybe um is that Nim- I know I was I was confused too. N- Nimrod is it really is a, it's a spectacular record. Insomniac is the album that directly followed Dookie and it's really it's a real really maniac album with some of my favorite lyrics on. Okay, I'll check it out. I will definitely check it out. Yeah, that's the early stuff. When I toured with uh Blitzkid, we we um we did a show at 914 Gilman Street. I think it's 914, which is basically like the West Coast CBGBs. And it was really cool to be there and see that. Like, that's where Operation Ivy and Green Day and all those bands came out of that place, Gilman Street. Uh, incredible venue. And it still runs. It's still going on. God bless them. God bless them. Um. Yeah, the Descendants take the cake on pop punk. I mean, the Descendants are just oh, on a whole other level of just incredible, incredible, incredibleness. Um, yeah, I've heard that Green Day cover. No effects. Punk and Drublick for for um, Ace. Ace, there's a documentary, actually. They, they just released a documentary about making that album, which I know that's like the iconic album, right? Yeah, the decline. It's an 18-minute punk song. Lynn asks, Lynn says, Jeff, I'd like to hear Glenn Danzig cover this magic moment. I would love to hear that. He would do a fantastic job, too. We know we've heard Jerry do it, but Glenn would kill it. The Queers are another good pop punk band. I have never really gotten into the Queers. I know that they are a beloved. They kind of fall into the sort of Ramones core tradition, right? Or at least they're like sort of uh, descendants of the Ramones and that sort of sort of or arbiter of the Ramones sound or, you know, uh, crossing over in some way, shape or form. Um, yeah. Ramones mixed with the Beach Boys. Long, long story short, I was supposed to edit the Screeching Weasel documentary and I had to decline. I never actually personally uh, spoke with um Ben Weasel about it. Uh, I was sort of speaking to him through his guitarist. And I'm really glad ultimately it did not work out. Um, I think I talked about it on a previous stream. It did not work out. And I'm really glad that it kind of didn't work out because it just would have been too crazy. Um, Insomniac album is great. Dookie as well. Would you consider angry Samoans pop punk or old red cross? I don't know. I, I guess they kind of they they definitely flow over into the venn diagram um i listened to the queers and the jasons so the jasons were on if you look on this channel i had the jasons on rock and roll cooking with sal b 
And w- once again, when I was touring with, with Blitz Kid, um, before they were the Jasons, the main guy, he was in a band called the Renfields, and they did a show with us uh, in Charleston on the Charleston stop of that tour. And, and then right like a year later, they formed the Jasons. And then I think maybe three years later, they came on rock and roll cooking with Sal B where they, they, they ate sausages. It was, it was the last episode we did of rock and roll cooking with Sal B. Oh my God. Dagger. The buzzcocks are absolutely one of the best pop pop punk bands ever. I love the buzzcocks to death. Singles Going Steady, which is a compilation. It's not an album. It's a compilation. Has my favorite songs. You know, again, when people like crap on the Beatles or talk about how the Beatles are derivative, but talk about how maybe they, they like punk rock, I'm like, go listen to the Buzzcocks and then go listen to A Hard Day's Night and then, or or Please Please Me, and then shut the fuck up. Like, honestly, just shut the fuck up. Fucking Buzzcocks, Singles Going Steady, every single song on that album. Noise and Noise. Everybody's happy nowadays. Harmony in my head. Uh, Just lust. Lipstick. Lipstick might be one of the best songs to listen to when you break up with a girl. It is like my favorite breakup song. It's just like the lyrics are so deep. Um, uh, When you miss me, there's lipstick on your lipstick on your face. Will you kiss me in your dreams? Does your lover have my face? What a line in your dreams. Does your lover have my face in my dreams? Does my lover have your face? I think they invert it. They go back and forth like that. Um, What else is a great? Oh, ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with. Of course. Uh, Love you more. Love you more is such a good track. Seriously. There's not a bad note on singles going steady it's just it's just magnificent those first two albums and singles going steady i was so fortunate that i got to see the buzzcocks right before peter shelley passed away i saw them at um the webster hall which used to be the ritz you know we're always hearing about the ritz in new york city where the misfits did their last show um I got to see the Buzzcocks at that place, and uh, I'm so grateful that I did because it, I guess it would be the, the first and last time. Um, but I literally, we don't talk about the Buzzcocks at all on this show, and I can't tell you how much they are one of my favorite bands. Lynn, I don't know anything about Mr. Buggle, but I do have another feud in mind. I want to do Mike Patton versus Anthony Kiedis. We're going to do a whole video on that. Brit Punk. Um, yeah, ain't no sunshine. Harmony in my head, dude. Just such a great friggin' track. I've been on uh Dagger has been on a big Beatles kick because of me. I'm so glad to hear that. Everybody should be listening to the Beatles. And like I said, if you want to listen to the Beatles in a completely new way, like listen to She Loves You and think about the Buzzcocks. Imagine the Buzzcocks doing She Loves You. You could totally see how the Buzzcocks were like the early Beatles in the late seventies in that kind of way. There's just such a similar and boy, what a friggin' Oh my God. They're, they were so good with their instruments too. They have the same instrumentation as two guitar players, Pete Shelley and Steve Diggle. Um, and then I forgot the name of the bass player and the drummer. Um, they're phenomenal. Just, just a phenomenal band. 
do you all like the dead boys? Do I like the dead boys? Did I ever tell you my story about hanging out with the dead boys? Yes, I hung out with the dead boys, sort of. All right, final story of the night, and then I have to go to sleep. And then I have to go to sleep. I'm going to tell this story. So, and that I got to sort of see the tail, the, the last two years of CBGBs, I used to, uh, I used to go to shows a lot, three years, really. My friend's band, they were called Nobody Can Dance, who I have a lot of video of and plan to upload to my YouTube channel because that's how I got started with the video camera was just, I was like a little like, you know, roadie kind of guy who would videotape their shows. That's what I would do. And when they recorded their album, I brought a video camera and I just was rolling tape on everything. I didn't even know what I was shooting. I just wanted to be a, I, I didn't play any instruments, but I wanted to be a part of the, the, the band in some way, shape or form. I just wanted to feel included. You know what I mean? So I brought my video camera down they bought the tapes and um, I shot a bunch of footage of them. And one day, so the bass player's father was uh, a dentist and his dent, one of his patients was Hilly Crystal. Okay. Um, and yes, Valid, you've seen those pictures of me in the, at CBGB's. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, when I was, when I was a wee lad. Um, so Hilly Crystal was uh, the bass players. His father was a dentist for Hilly Crystal and <clears throat> Louise who ran the, who used to book, she was like, she was Hilly's secretary. The, the guys in the band would always call up Louise to, 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 to book shows and stuff. They even wrote a song called pick up the phone, Louise pick up. And the, the, the singer's voice, he sounded very much like Lou Reed. And we had all, we had all just got gotten this book at this time. This is a very important part of the story I'm about to tell. And I'm telling the story and I'm going to sleep. So I had just read this book for the first time and I, you know, really became obsessed with punk rock and the punk rock scene. I, you know, really got into the Stooges, really got into um, just all of those bands. The Dictators was a big fan of the Dictators, the Dead Boys, the New York Dolls, um, especially, as I just said, the Stooges. Um, just all of those bands, the Pistols, everything. I just really was immersed in this television, Richard Hell and the Voidoids. I just got immersed in all of this music, picking up all the albums, listening to whatever I could get my hands on. And, and we started to go down to CBGBs. We we get off at the Bleecker Street, Bleecker Street stop or drive in, whichever, uh, depending on the situation. And they would play shows at like the, the, the least busiest times at Mac at, uh, at uh, CBGBs. And uh, and sometimes they would cover I Want to Be Your Dog. And one time when they covered I Want to Be Your Dog, I jumped on stage and I sang I Want to Be Your Dog on the CBGB stage, which was the one time I got to sing at CBGB's, which I thought personally for me was just it was just really I don't know. It was just really awesome. In any case, um, to get to my story right next to CBGB's, there was uh, a, a sort of like a sister venue called the CB Gallery, which was an art space, but bands would also play in it too. You could play at the CB Gallery. And it was also kind of, that sort of took over and became the backstage area for CBGBs at that time. I don't know how long the CB Gallery had been around, but you know, if, if you were doing a show at CBGBs and it was going to be super crowded, you can't really hang out in the back area where you they had this, that couch. And that's where that, I took that picture. You can't, um, 
you, you can't really sort of be a band of note and hang out back there. People are just going to bother the crap out of you. It's just, it's not going to work out. So it's like stay, you stage all your stuff at CBGB's. Um, this was 2005 and I had seen, uh, I, I, you know, I saw the, I saw the bad brains there. I saw TSOL there and the dead boys were coming to town and playing. Um, now Stid Bader's had been dead since 1990 or 1991. So it was everybody. Yes. I'm a two tub man. That is my favorite dictator song. There's my absolute favorite dictator song. You want to listen to a good record, go listen to dictators, girl, go crazy. Um, Dead Boys were reuniting for two shows without Stiv Vader's, and it was the entire band. It was Jimmy Zero, it was um, uh, Johnny Blitz, it was Jeff Magnum, and it was Cheetah Chrome. And everybody is like, there's a giant line outside waiting for the show. There was, I think, the Stimulators played. I think Adrenaline OD played one night. Um, all these bands were playing, but uh, it, it was headlined by the Dead Boys. Um, the, there was, uh, there was a line out the door and I went down there by myself and I'm just standing around hanging out. I'm not sure if I had my copy of the book with me or not, but inside of that book, there are pictures of the dead boys, some, some pictures of the dead boys from 1975 or 76 when they first, you know, um, and I used to stare at these photos, man. You know, it was still the early days of the Internet in the sense of, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the super early days, but it was, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't so effortless to. It wasn't so effortless to to find. To find what people looked like, you know, people of note. Hold on. I'm trying to find this. Uh, where are the dead boys here? There's somewhere there are two things of photos. Yeah, there were. Of course, there were two things of photos. And uh, this is so annoying. I know there's somewheres. There's somewhere in here. There is a photo of the dead boys. And they're 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 waiting. They're they're waiting. Everybody's waiting outside. Here we go. Here's the dead boys. So there's there's a picture of the dead boys. Just to show you how long ago it was when I read this. <laughs> I <laughs> I haven't I haven't been a smoker in uh oh my god in almost 14 years. This is probably the last time I opened this book, maybe. So there is there's your dead boys right there. You can see them. See these guys right here? That was the only picture I had of the dead boys. And I had young I didn't have young, loud, and snotty. There was younger, louder, snottier. That was the that was the 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 rough mixes of that album. Phenomenal, phenomenal um, rough mixes, and um, basically, I'm I'm st I'm standing I'm standing outside, and uh, I look over and I see this guy smoking a cigarette, and there are all these people waiting to get inside, and nobody notices that standing there smoking a cigarette is Jimmy Zero, the rhythm guitar player, and I walk right up to him and I say, "Hey, um, Jimmy Zero, you're Jimmy Zero." Um, and he goes, yeah. And I go, you, uh, uh, is it true that, that stiff baiters, uh, uh, jerked off into the chili, you know, cause that was one of the stories in that book. And he laughed and he laughed and he goes, kid, come with me. And he took me backstage to the CBGB gallery 
uh, were all the other dead boys. And I sat with him and his girlfriend. I didn't really talk to the other dead boys. They were all just, everybody was in their own corner, kind of in their own world. Uh, Cheetah Chrome had a brand new baby. Uh, Jeff Magnum was sitting over in another corner drinking a beer. And jo uh, Johnny Blitz walks in and, and Jimmy Zero whispers to me, he says, don't say anything about the stabbing. Because as you know, he was, uh, Johnny Blitz was almost murdered. He was uh, almost stabbed to death. They had a benefit for him back in the day. Um, and, and I just hung out for like, it must have been an hour or something, just chatting with Jimmy Zero. And he told me about how like they used to call up James Williamson and just like call him up on the phone, like, and just ask him all these questions about raw power. And, he, you know, I, I told him, you know, like, it's hard to find your second album. We've come for the children. I can't find it anywhere. And this was, it was out of the time, I think. And he took down my address and he said, I'll send you a copy. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So I gave him my address. He said he was going to burn it onto a CDR. It never came in the mail. I never got it. I don't know if he sent it and it got lost in the mail. I don't know what happened. But I thought it was so cool that he was uh, willing to do that, at least. I think, and I never, I didn't get any pictures and, you know, he's not on social media and there's like a one fan page for him. And I wish that he was, because I would just love to have him on the show and um, ask him if he remembers that time. It was just really, it was just a really cool experience with um, uh, meeting the dead boys and hanging out with Jimmy zero. And that is my story. Jody, you came so late, buddy. Jody Ramon, we're, we're, we're wrapping things up. I stayed way longer than I was supposed to. Supposed to end things about 20 minutes ago. So I'm doing it now. I hope you enjoyed the stream. Tune in next week. We got more stuff coming. Um, peace and hair grease. And um, do you know about the Patreon? Oh, you don't know about the Patreon. Well, let me tell you about the Patreon real quick. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk, and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now, I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers, and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee, but it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. <laughs> the YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like 
a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind the scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.